amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. ELC. Welcome to Paid DLC, the DLC bonus show that is for our patrons, you, our patrons. Actually, this one is going out on the full feed. Welcome. If you're listening to this and you're not a patron, please consider becoming one. This is usually exclusive to our patrons at patreon.com slash DLC pod. But today I'm here with Christian Spicer. And hello. our Oh no, I was jumping in to say hello. Well, say hello, hello Christian. Hey, hi Christian, how are you? I'm fine. Go ahead. Keep going. Keep going. That's okay. Uh and our regular, semi-regular, often an awesome friend slash guest slash third chair, <laughs> Lana Bashinsky is back with us. Hey Lana. Woo, hi. It uh it honestly feels like illegal to be back here so soon. I know this is gonna be like the norm, but it's so much fun, I feel like. And I feel like I'm like doing some sneaky by just being here. So I'm no, excited. you're going to be, it's going to be our regular <laughs> midweek check-in now with, uh, with Lana. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. Um, but the reason this episode is going out in the main feed is because we thought uh, regular, rather than our usual sort of just hanging out, talking about whatever, ta- answering quick questions and uh, the, the more casual bonus show format that we've been doing, we'd actually delay one day to be able to talk about the Summer Games Fest presentation that literally just concluded minutes ago. We all watched the two-hour presentation, Jeff Keeley on stage at the Summer Games Fest. Oh, I guess I need to play this. It's the Summer of Games on DLC. You're gonna get hyped up and the news will live up to your expectations. <laughs> you know what? Maybe the most accurate, uh, the most accurate year of that of that bumper. We will see. We will see what everybody thinks. But yeah, we thought we'd uh, we put this out in the main feed uh, for folks that that aren't patrons because uh, there's so much to talk about in this uh, this summer of games fest week. The I, I heard folks calling it uh, Jeff Key three. <laughs> this is, uh, we don't get an E three anymore. Uh, but although they 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 promised they promised. Next year, we promise we'll be back. We'll see, E3, we'll see. But right now, we've got some of games, uh, and there's so much to talk about. We'll be talking about the Xbox show and all the other stuff uh, on Monday. Um, so we thought, why not delay one day and talk about the Summer of Games showcase? Now, haven't had a lot of time to process this. Like I said, minutes ago, it ended. It was two hours, game after game after game after game. Lana, let's just talk broad terms. What did you think? Well, broad terms, I think the first thing I have to express is generally my disappointment because as somebody who really likes a close quarter sci-fi game that's like kind of like 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 horrifying or thrilling, there really wasn't anything mm. here for me. So yeah. it's a bummer. Feeling- it's a bummer. If only somebody would make a <laughs> derelict space station that I can explore that might have horrors to uncover. Uh, uh, this is my plea. What this if, is my plea to the world. What if you want those horrors to be like Mm, something like grotesque. Ooh, now you're talking, man. <laughs> if only, if only somebody would make that that game. Uh, yeah, it, I mean, horror in general, big presence at the show. Uh, oh yeah, it's just there was a lot of horror, and you know, Jeff Keeley, friend of the show, he's been on DLC, I think, more than once. Uh, he, he he's been doing this a long time. He knows how to produce a show. Uh, I think a lot of him. I think very highly of him. Uh, I do not understand the idea to group like games together so tightly like this. 
I feel maybe it's like uh, you know car say car places car stores what are they called <laughs> where do you buy no, a you car right dealerships car places dealerships but they like group right them all ahead. together because you know it's easy for you to like shop around really quick um it, but i also feel, feel like, like there that. were yeah. there were so many <laughs> maybe the idea is like if you had it like every second game is this space horror game does that feel less repetitive does that feel more repetitive I also just like from my own experience with GDC and like trying to pull content to put together uh, something for like an animation summit, like some years, like that, those are the games people are making. Like you can't necessarily avoid that as the person who's running the show. You can reach out to people and you're like, give me your best stuff. I'm here to elevate your, your, your project. I'm here to show you off in the best possible light. And if everybody's like, this is our best project, Jeff Keighley can't be like, do you have like a different one? Like that's unfortunately not <laughs> yeah. something right, he gets to do. Uh, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. You make a great point. Yeah, I mean, this is the game. These are the games that people are making, and it it reminds me of those years. You know, just a few years ago, where uh, you know every game was a zombie game or every game was a survival game. It it does feel like there are games that are, are genres or subgenres in the zeitgeist that just everybody decided to make a few years ago, and now they're all coming to roost. But I, I, I still don't understand why, as a producer of an event like this, you wouldn't try to pepper those through and, and break up. You know, it, it felt exactly what you're talking about with the car dealership analogy or like, you know, at Target or Walmart, you, know, you go to the home goods section and all the home goods are next to each other. It just felt like Jeff was like, well, you know, people are super into space horror, dead space like games. Maybe they'll only want to watch this five minutes of show, you know, just <laughs> cram them all in the same department and then just departmentalize our, our presentation. Trying to Google it. This, my, uh, econ 201. I don't know. Some econ professor, one of my biz professors from college gonna be upset with me right now, but like, there's a name for that economic principle and like the basic way of doing it or, or thinking about it is if you're on a beach and you have a, a, a whatever you're selling, right? Popsicle stand. You're going to be, it doesn't matter where you are. You're probably going to be in the middle of the beach to get the most people. And then if you're another popsicle stand that comes onto the beach, where are you going to set up shop? Anywhere else that's not right next to that popsicle stand, you're <laughs> at a disadvantage for other customers. Because if you're on the, you'd be like, oh, I want to be on the other end to be away from that one. Well, then you're 90% further from everybody else on that half of the beach. So it's why you end up right next to each other. It's why McDonald's spends millions of dollars on market research for where they're going to put their next building. And then Burger King just buys one next door. Like that's, you know, why that approach happens in, in games though, like this, it, it does, it felt, it felt weird because unless you are trying to call a direct comparison to them, like shopping, it makes sense because you're trying to, you're actively going to buy that thing. So yes, you want all the rock. Yeah. You're going to test, you're, you're going to that other. day to test drive the cars. You want to yes. be able to go to one dealership, then another dealership, then another dealership. Yeah. Yes. And in this, I feel like, you know, maybe Lana, what you said is accurate where it was like, you couldn't space them out because it was just, it's all there was. All there is but is space. <laughs> derelict space <laughs> then i feel like you can call it out in a way like not be like make that make that part of the presentation we have a fantastic list of games for you today um maybe you make some comment about the state of the world and you know a lot of the games were you, you make that part of the narrative of the show you're doing and I then guess, it feels but, you know it, it's earned. about it's about relationships with those devs too and you don't want i i, I can't imagine mm-hmm. that you can sort of even jab at it. It, it, it yeah it feels like you're denigrating one game if you're saying it looks like another game even if it's obvious to everybody that they look the same well the thing I that know. i think I wish I saw more and maybe seeing all this back to back to back will be a reason that like, or a motivating thing and seeing more of the gameplay stuff. Because when you got into the gameplay of things, even though it's very similar, there are things that stuck out, stuck out to me about some of the particular games, the aliens announcement. 
eh, I, you know, I could take or leave the actual trailer. But then the very end, it's like this little tiny thing of gameplay that's like, oh, it's isometric. Is that yeah. co-op? And then it's like <laughs> gone. And I'm like, oh, yeah. like, what if I saw more of that? What about the Callisto <laughs> Protocol? Like the cool environmental, like, oh, I can kick this gross thing into that fan and it's splattered everywhere. Like the environmental, like the use of the, the, the terrain as part of like your weaponry at your disposal. That's interesting. But just the gritty, it's been 10 days. This was our mission. It's like, oh, okay. You're so right, right, Lana. That's such a great point that I understand if you're in, in, not to use a pun, but if you're in a vacuum and (laughs) you, you know, you you are making your heads down, your blinders are on, you're making your game, you're excited. Keely knocks on your door is like, Hey, can I have a trailer to put in my summer games fest presentation? You're like, yes. What we got to do is we got to describe our game. So what is our game? Ooh, our game is you, you wake up and you're on a space station and no one can hear you scream. And uh-oh, there's <laughs> dangers around every corner. I get it. I get that that's, you're like, we got to lay out the concept of our universe and our and what's scary about our world is that you're alone and it's a space station. There's no one there. I totally understand that blind spot of like, we have to start from zero and tell people about what this experience is. But and not knowing that literally everybody is doing it that way all around you in the presentation mm-hmm. isn't your fault, but it is a bummer from our perspective as the audience when you you go you I had exactly the same experience you had, Lana, where at the end of that aliens trailer, I was like, "Oh wow, cool, it is I so whoa, uh, okay, <laughs> yeah, and so the, all those differences to be accentuated would have been so refreshing and and really let those games stand out from each other. I'll, I'll just read off. So Aliens Dark Descent. I wrote I wrote Aliens Dark Descent and then I wrote dash top-down shooter. <laughs> I was like, what? Uh Callisto Protocol right after that. Then we have Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, which, you know, not in space, but known quantity. Uh Flashback 2, which we'll maybe we'll talk about. I don't know if any of you guys were fans of the original Flashback, but uh that was actually kind of a cool, interesting trailer, the way that all the images were reflected on the thing. Uh, Fort Solace, Routine, and then Stormgate even had some of that, uh, although that game is going to be very, very different. So you have at least five games crammed all together that are all in the, and I like, I thought Fort Solace looked cool. I thought Routine looked cool. But like, if you showed me right now those trailers without the names on them, I'm not sure I'd be able to match the right one, you know, how in grade school, you'd have the two columns. You had to draw lines between what was <laughs> that's I'm not sure I would be able to do it completely accurately because it just was all crammed together. And none of it was had an identity that really stood out. And we are also getting the Dead Space remake, which was not at the show, but it just feels like everybody wants to remake Dead Space. We even had Troy Baker come on stage and be like. This game is like Dead Space meets. I was like, "Don't say it! Don't say it!" We were already. You know. We we know actually. We uh, <laughs> yeah. we already. Re- I, I it's so funny. On beside all of my notes, I wrote like Dead Space question mark Dead Space question mark, and then for yeah. routine, I wrote Dead Space snap. <laughs> I knew I. Uh, I know you will appreciate this, Lana, as a Canadian. Uh, when I saw routine come up, I was like, "Poutine." <laughs> Somebody make a game called Poutine? And it's about like gritty space photography. (laughs) Are you photographing cheesy French fries? Oh my gosh! (laughs) I I feel like Jeff, like going to uh, my elementary school matchup. You mentioned Stormgate, uh, and I'll use that as the example. But I couldn't match up name to genre, as as Lana mentioned for the Alien game that it was. It's like isometric first person shooter rts just what is mm. what is because based on what the trailers are shown like stormgate i know i had heard about that game and it's from devs that came off of blizzard and this that and the other but you watch that advertisement i won't even call it a trailer the cinematic and i was like i have no idea what this game is and then they walked up for the little interview and they're like we're redefining the rts i was like oh it's an rts it looked i was like <laughs> for <laughs> half a second i was like is that StarCraft Ghost? <laughs> <laughs> so that was the thing about Frostshine again, like thinking about like, oh, if only you could show more of the gameplay as part of the trailer. They have like yeah. this pretty, like they're in like the dungeon. And it's like, you know, the demons fighting this girl. It's like kind of gritty. But then like they cut to the gameplay images 
and it was like bright on a beach with yeah. like this stylized skull in the water. And I was like, this is cute. Yeah. And I know maybe cute is not the word that they're looking for, but like stylistically interesting in a way that I feel like was not well reflected in their trailer. Yes. Um, I, w- I just wish like, because the, ga- the gameplay, the innovations that these teams are making, that's going to be the part that's really the hook. And I wish, I don't know. I don't know if it's like the, I mean, there's marketing geniuses out there who must know better than I do why it continues ring, to be this. Ring, <laughs> ring, ring, ring. Oh, oh God. Ring, oh my ring, gosh. Ring. I try, yeah, I tried to lose our, our number of the show's ring. hotline, but I think, I think Mark ring. from marketing has found it. Uh, yeah. Hello, Mark, are you there? Yeah, Mark? Uh, my ears were burning when I heard marketing genius. I was like, uh-huh. someone is talking about Mark Edding, the genius. So I'm, I'm here to answer uh, any questions that um, um, Loon Loonine might have for me. So fire, uh, fire when ready. And uh, <laughs> I got this. Go ahead. Mark, Mark Edding, genius at your disposal. Go ahead. Wow. Always such a professional Mork, was it? Um, uh, it's, uh, it's like, it's Mark, Mark Edding. It, it's actually funny because it sounds like marketing, which is funny because that's what I do. Uh, and I'm also a genius, not a marketing genius, but I'm Mark Edding a genius. Right. Yeah, Mark, so, right. Can, you, can right. you explain why uh, so many of these games uh, look so similar? Great question. Why did these games look so similar? I do want to answer that question, but first, you're alone. You've woken up. <laughs> You get out of bed, uh, Mark. We're losing you. Uh, we're and losing you're you in a space. No, you're. It's because the connection was back. Because I was in space. If you get, yeah, <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't. It's wild. Yeah. yeah. So I think actually, uh, Lana. Yet again, you make a, a, an awesome point that I want to underscore because um, we have talked on a DLC over and over. I I keep bringing up this pattern that we see over and over again of. It, you know, it, it's obvious to everybody. First, you get the uh, the announcement. Maybe you get a logo. <laughs> then you get the cinematic trailer. Then you get the the gameplay reveal. Then, you know, it's like it's very much set in stone this this marketing pattern. And I've often um, I've often tried to bring up this notion that that at least to me, it's kind of starting to grate on me a bit. This the the consistency of it. And I think the what you just brought up. For the first time, maybe bringing into focus why, and I think it's that too often, not every time, but too often, the cinematic trailer part of the reveal isn't really representative of the tone or feel of what you'll actually be doing. That it's it's trying to convey this sense of drama and excitement and give you this, this insight into the world of the game but it doesn't really convey the feeling of playing the game. And I think that's a major problem. Mm-hmm. And, maybe, and maybe that's maybe that's what feels so exhausting about it. It's like, well, I still don't have any sense of what this really is. I have a sense of sort of the, the universe that we're talking about and maybe some characters that we're talking about here. But I don't have a sense of what I'm actually going to feel while I'm playing it. And I think that's a failure in in marketing. Yeah, I think it can even go a step further uh, to that point where not to just harp on on one game uh, on Stormgate over and over again, but I feel like the feeling of playing that game and isn't close to that sentiment. Like, it, right. like a, a, the feeling of playing a game like The Last of Us or Uncharted or Tomb Raider, I think, can be conveyed in that story-driven narrative-based trailer because it's a story-driven narrative-based game but like that type of trailer would feel wrong for Fortnite because that's not a game that lana and i play together now um (laughs) (laughs) that that feels disingenuous in the way that i think Fortnite has done a good job of their trailers being like they almost poke fun at at times where it's like the world's coming to an end and then it pans over and there's a banana and a tuxedo like flossing it's like, oh yes, this is a Fortnite appropriate trailer. And then like a bus bus crashes or whatever. But some of these trailers, it just seemed like that's not an art the RTS experience, <laughs> you know? Like, yeah. what well, is that marketing message that can convey the act of what I'd be doing should I buy your game? Yeah. Well, I will say too, like just in in Frostrine's defense, I think that 
you know, at least like understanding coming from like the StarCraft universe, a lot of StarCraft developers, like that's like a sort of, you know, cornerstone RTS um, uh, title that the cinematics aren't representative of the gameplay, but they are representative of your experience, at least going through the campaign. Like the cinematics are these huge moments in the game where you're basically like finishing levels to get the cinematic. It's like your reward for completing each sort of step on these these journeys. So I, you know, some of these devs coming from StarCraft, I could see that being a big part of it. But seeing that this is like our first look at the game and not knowing if there is a campaign, maybe they've announced it. I don't know much about any the project other than what we saw today. But if there is a campaign, can we expect cinematics like that as a reward a la StarCraft? Uh, yeah. For me, yeah. it, it wasn't like the cinematic trailer. I always want a gameplay trailer. I just always do. The cinematic trailer, that one specifically tonally, I just like, even if the colors were brighter, like what, like the stills mm-hmm. from the game, I just wish even the, like the specifics of the art direction were specifically reflections of those stills that they showed us afterwards. Um, right. And it, I, I yeah. also want to mention that I didn't think it was poorly done. It just it was a bit of a mismatch. Right. For me. It, it's not. It's not. It wasn't bad. It just didn't feel. It, it just felt like a whiplash to look at those screenshots and go, "Oh, that's not anything I was expecting." Mm-hmm. Looking at that, at that cinema cinematic trailer, mm-hmm. uh, and that's the same thing that you described with the aliens. Uh, what is it? Aliens derelict. A descent. Excuse not, me. Aliens not fire team. Not fire team. Not the aliens, other aliens. 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 Descent. Dirty yeah, it was the same thing where you, they sh- show that snippet of gameplay, as you said, and it was like this whiplash of, oh, I was not expecting that at all. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's that's a bad reaction to have, especially <laughs> when the the little snippet or the little screenshot is way more interesting than the trailer. Yeah, you know, um, mm-hmm. I'm I'm genuinely excited about Stormgate because I love those old. RTSs that are now they're now old but it's it's one thing if you're announcing like starcraft 2 which is a known quantity and then you show mm-hmm. this tr- this cinematic trailer and you're like i know what i'm expecting but now you're giving me sort of details of that world but like you said it's it's a larger project than that right it's it, the uh, the project of marketing in this case the larger project of marketing here is mm-hmm. a new ip what to expect from it at all yeah, um, there's there's definitely like a whole world, like especially like as an artist who works in AAA that I don't know about that ha- that must have to do with like oh like get, getting funding like they're an indie studio what does yeah. that look like maybe they have to have these these touch point reveals to make sure that there is like a consistent stream of funding like I don't I don't know how that stuff works I assume it's all intertwined. Um, yeah, I just you know speaking as a gamer, it's just not quite what I want to see. <laughs> it is, and again, interesting. I'm excited about Stormgate, and we keep harping on that game, but it, it is interesting to me that you have these former Blizzard, former StarCraft developers, and man, it looks it looks like somebody went, "What if StarCraft, but also Diablo?" <laughs> <laughs> like, do we have to not have Diablo in the StarCraft game? Because let's put demons in it too. Uh, which you know, all right, let's do it. I'm in. I wonder if games now are just so big and can often make so much money if you do it right. You know, I, I, we saw the billions that COD has made across its releases that came out relatively recently. And um, we're seeing that we saw uh, the ZZZ Genshin Impact next game and how many billions that other Genshin Impact has made. I mean, and I, but I, quick, quick aside, though. You know you're setting yourself up for everybody saying ZZZ is like I, it, it, it's boring because it's like sleeping. It's the abbreviation for sleeping, right? We we know you know you know that going in that that the, the internet is going to do to your title, right? Okay, yeah, only so if just the game's use the boring. sleeping guy emoji as, as the shorthand. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead, Christian. Uh, and I I wonder if it's just so big that that uh, and a lot of the marketing has become stale because of that, where it doesn't feel like it needs to break through or do something largely different. It can just fall on these kind of established patterns of this Mm -hmm. is what it is. And I know that we're spending a lot of time talking about marketing, but also I think that's what this show is. (laughs) We're not, not talking about the games. We're talking about how they were presented to us and what we know about the games. And I feel like, there, there needs to be a shakeup in how this stuff is done. And I think in terms of even the, the inside joke, air quote, of release dates, you know, we've talked a lot about it on this show. And 
it's like inevitable. You see the release date, then you see the delay, then you see the next release date. And then online, you'll see some people like the vitriol from people that are upset because of the delay. And then the pushback from people that think the vitriol is too much and you don't want crunch, do you? And it's like, well, no, of course I don't want crunch, but also this company spent four months of my life hyping me up for this thing. And now they've changed it. And it just seems like it's in this cycle of, predictability of a bad thing yes that also i wonder if some of that in particular is a product so with the way the game development works and as part of like the sort of fallout from the the pandemic and how development teams have had to sort of change through that i I assume that this is something that was felt on many many jobs not just game development but there was always this feeling that it was temporary you know, at mm. first it's like we're sending you home for two weeks, then we're sending you home for two mm. months and sort of putting off the problems of like solving the issues that would make people not have to push uh, release dates and not have to like announce things and be like, <laughs> at some point, you know, their announcement is, <laughs> we, we think it will come out eventually. Yeah. Um, I think for the last couple of years, solving the problems that would allow those workflows to be refined, to like stick their targets, to more confidently announce things, that's been like pushed back. And now that the reality is kind of like more companies are going remote, offering remote, like leaning into like figuring out strategies to be more efficient in this new space. Hopefully we'll see things get a little bit more back on track. And that, you know, to use a metaphor I've heard you both say on the show before, it's not like hopefully we can trust the weatherman again that when he says it's going to rain, right. we know it's going to rain. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I know that we, uh, we, when we usually cover events like this, I usually step through the games one by one. We talk about all the games and it, and it kind of bums me out to not do that this time, but it also feels like the more pertinent conversation is how samey it all felt to me and how this, this show felt like, a bit of a letdown because there there was no big standout thing. There, the, all the games just sort of washed into one another, and and we'll we'll get to. The, I mean, there are exceptions to that, and we will talk about specific games. But it does feel like the more pertinent conversation is is these sort of macro level discussions of like, what are we looking at here? Is well, and, and maybe that's just me. I, I think that the, the three of us are kind of on the same page about that. Maybe I'm wrong. I'd love to hear from listeners that disagree, that think that it was a great show, but it just didn't feel like it had much identity or clarity. It just felt like this monotonous uh, procession of of very samey looking things that all failed to kind of impress any sense of specialness. So um, I... I'm wondering, and I'm I'm trying. I've been trying to remember how it was last year. Is this the second or third year summer of games? Second oh, it's no longer than that. I think he's been doing it no. year four or five, maybe. Um, First year was 2020. It was. Are I you sure. So. He was with E3, and he had his like his Keeley stage, and then they broke up, and then E3 kept going, but he did a different thing. Mm. Um, I don't know. Yeah. I, I will look it uh, well, up. Well, one, of the circle. <laughs> one of the things I'm trying to to think about is I know that like the first summer of games, I remember it was like, oh my gosh, there's like news every week, but it was kind of like individual little drops. I'm wondering if this is like, this was like a big stream, but there is that other stream happening on yeah. Sunday. Like that's yeah, going to be big. The Xbox and, one, I think will be, will be significant. Um, were they yeah, always I mean, that's chunked of- out like that? Or is it like growing pains now that like, oh, now that more and more people, like now that E3 is definitely not happening again this year, or it hasn't happened this year, and is yeah. definitely going to quote unquote happen next year. We'll see. It seems like maybe there's like so much content that now it's like being spread out through the whole summer in these larger sections that maybe we're waiting for like a big crescendo rather than a huge kickoff. It's like a medium tier kickoff. And then to keep people invested, maybe some like he's saving the bigger announcements for later in the summer. I don't really know what his strategy is. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that there may be a, a lot of truth to that in that it, it, things are less, it doesn't feel like E3 where everything is concentrated and you just have so many amazing things to talk about that maybe it does maybe because things are being spread out through the year that there's less, you know, I, one of the things I texted to Christian while we were watching this was like, this kind of feels like the table scraps of other presentations. It feels like mm-hmm. Keely got, he, 
I mean, there's a lot of games here and I'm sure a lot of them are going to be great, but it just didn't feel like this show had a lot of big beats and it didn't, it didn't feel like it was paced well. It didn't feel like the games got their just due because of how they were grouped together. And it's never felt like it, it packed a punch. And, um, and that, that really bums me out because I didn't come away from it feeling, uh, you know, very excited about anything in particular, but maybe that's a good transition point to talk about games that, uh, stood out. Excited about. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Lana, do you have uh, a game or two that, that would be at the top of your list from all, I think there was like 30 or 40 games that were talked about over the course of this two hour presentation. So uh, there's a lot there, but anything that stood out to you? So there's a couple of things that stood out to me. <laughs> I'll talk about the games that I like to say, but the, one of the first things that stands out to me and is always about the show that I love seeing is just seeing other people just geek out about being near Jeff Keighley. <laughs> and like Jeff is such a professional. People, I, I, in my brain, his inner monologue is great. Back on track. We got to keep running. We have a show to get. We have to have this much time to get it. And people are like, I just want to say, I think you're so great. And he's like, great. How's your game? <laughs> like he's so good at just like deflecting off that moment of people just wanting to like praise him into talking about the games. I just I I love seeing that both his professionalism and people's excitement about this thing that he's doing and, and who he Jeff, is. Your your jacket is so shiny. Oh my gosh! <laughs> uh, but one of the games that really stuck in my brain uh, is Witchfire, mm. which was uh, the first person shooter, um, and was like purely gameplay like it started off yeah. with like that like it looked like a, some kind of little musket or something that the character is kind of rotating around but like really cool abilities interesting sort of fantasy world plus pseudo modern looking guns and then magic spells and things uh it also gave me sort of a god of war vibe just with like the types of enemies and how they spawned in and kind of like that fiery like stringy fiery effects and then suddenly hmm. there's a whole bunch of enemies around you um it just looked really fun and dynamic and um yeah the, i think it stood out because it was one of the only fantasy games that were was presented yeah um, what a strange thing in a year you know when it, it, usually it's the other way around where fantasy yeah. games are wall to wall and you get one or two space games we just we're just kind of in the pendulum swinging the other direction but mm-hmm. yeah totally um but also because it was like a purely gameplay and like super well paced. I felt like it was really well cut together. The ending fell a little flat where you're like, oh, I'm walking up to this rock. What's going to happen? Oh, I'm getting killed. But uh, I don't know. I, I definitely enticed me enough to, to pick it up whenever it's Yeah, released. it was crazy when uh, Jeff introed that game. He's like, we announced this game five years ago <laughs> and they've been working on it the whole time. <laughs> like, how do these come? How do these in- small developers get, stay funded for that long without a product? It's crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like that announcement and the now release, I wrote down like, oh, this looks interesting, but also Tiny Tina's. Like it mm. was announced before Tiny Tina's. And then since it was announced, Tiny Tina's has come out and been excellent. <laughs> yeah. And now this game is still yet to come out. And it seems like it kind of is that same genre of shooting power mm-hmm. um, that I'm curious how it will establish its own thing. Like how many guns and how many powers are there? My kids were like, Oh, there's a fifth power. There's another power. Um, ooh, actually, I want to pause on that, too, because we didn't talk about this up top. I texted you this, Jeff. I I realize that a lot of video games are rated M for mature. I And I realize that this had a, a warning at the beginning, like, this is for mature audiences, blah, blah, blah. Um, I wish that these things, e- even though they are on the internet, much like our show, um, I, I wish that they could be more family-friendly. I yeah. want to be able to watch, like, my kids, uh, judge me as a parent, uh, my oldest watched most of it with me, and then a few games she chose to turn around, and I'd be like, hey, some, this is going to be scary and grotesque, you can watch it if you want to, it's just pretend, or she's like, I don't want to watch this, and I was like, I understand, but I feel like, I don't know if there's the TV trailer version of it that we could show, but it kind of bums me out that the big things of the year that are of the hobby, like, one of my favorite things in the world, I, I can't really share with my kids uh, mm-hmm. in that way. And I know it's a parent's problem, but uh, I, you know, anyway, just wanted to make or, that. Or that the, the show like puts that foot forward. Like that we, the first thing we start off with is the most violent and gory stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe ease me into it. <laughs> Take me to dinner first. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> or even have like the, like 
the uh, the section that is like the mature yeah. section. But maybe then you'd, you'd like pretty flawlessly have like a sameness section every right. year if you did it that way. But yeah. I, that was actually one of the things that really surprised me up front was like, all right, here's a trailer now with more gore. And I was like, great. <laughs> yeah. Cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That was a funny way for him to enter that close to protocol. Johnny's like, we got the version with more gore. <laughs> okay. Buckle in. <laughs> uh, awesome. So, uh, Christian, do you have a, a game uh, that stood out to you uh, to start things off? Yeah. I mean, the next one. So the first one I wrote down was Witchfire. And then the, oh, really? the next the next one is Shredder's Revenge. Um, well, that's a long time later, my <laughs> friend. What? You yep. said the also, Ninja Turtles one? Oh, my cat's <laughs> not in this view, is it? Um, the um, well, to be perfectly honest, the biggest thing this week was uh, in in the show was an actual, which feels weird to say, an actual advertisement in the middle of the show, full of advertisements. <laughs> <laughs> like the biggest thing this week, and shown again as an ad in the middle of the show of ads is the Xbox-Samsung streaming partnership. Yeah, like, that was pretty huge. We had heard rumors huge. about the dongle not happening and this, that, and the other, and it was uh, released to press uh, yesterday, earlier today, but the idea of their partnership was currently just Samsung 2022 TVs, that Game Pass will be an app on that, much like Stadia and anything else, and they're looking to roll it out to other TVs, and they're also talking about later, I think they said this year, that games that you select games that you own that aren't part of game pass will get cloud enabled as well to expand that catalog to other games. And they showed that again, as an ad break in the middle of, of the otherwise show of trailers. And I think that's the biggest news to have come out today. That is, um, you know, a generational push forward of Xbox's cloud technology and the future cross that out present of cloud gaming it's showing a confidence in it xbox still positions it as a secondary or perhaps tertiary if you have the x the s and then cloud like way to play games but a commitment to it in a big way and it's like any controller dual sense we don't you know hook up your controller and play that felt huge but yeah games i'm picking out shredder's revenge <laughs> six my player other favorite game co-op was- my other favorite game that was there was uh, also the Papa John's two for one pizza advertisement. Talking <laughs> favorite, <laughs> yeah, but really Sorry. gory trailer for that. Oh, so it was oh. so gory <laughs> when Shaq opened up that crust and the pepperoni got ripped in like, half. Oh, it's too much. Oh. <laughs> when they that part where they threw that pizza right into the fan and it just. <laughs> destroy the Loaded. pizza <laughs> my my daughter thought both looked like ketchup though so you know i'm safe it's okay no night and no marinara that. was hurt in this making of this <laughs> <laughs> the zombie just went right for the pizza's throat and just ripped it out <laughs> anyway sorry shredder's revenge <laughs> shredder's revenge six player co-op six player co-op which my reaction to was eh, it's too much it's it's too, it's too much <laughs> There's too much going on even on screen. It was yeah. It looks like I, I mean, <laughs> having played a lot of those games in my in my youth, uh, the four player, you it's often too much with just four people trying to smack a, a, a bad guy. You know, it's like it's six. Yeah, it's, it's too much. <laughs> okay, we got one, two, three. No, that's all I got. That's the yeah, that I could game with. And yeah. It ends there. I don't, I don't have that. I, 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 the organizational requirements alone are too. It's kind of teach my kit, my dog how to play. Like yeah. it's like who you know how how am I going to get six people to play this game with me? Oh, it's going to be me alone playing it by myself. You're going to take the time to write, you know, the AI that's going to control the other five characters. Play by yourself with all the friends you created. Yeah, and uh, Christian, that's what we got. What uh, seven a week? It comes out in a week. A week from today, it it, it does. Which also is kind of unfortunately leaked with another another listing uh, before the show. But I love that we hadn't known the release date. We had seen stuff about the game. This is a game that hasn't been delayed yet, Jeff. So you have one week to be right. (laughs) Shredder's Revenge. Just wait. You have one week. Um, (laughs) I think it looks great. It continues to look great. They add. Uh, you know, they've shown new characters. This was Casey. Um, and I think it's interesting how they all play differently. You know, at least it looks like it. Uh, Splinter is slower. April's faster. Casey Jones also looked a little faster and, and a little more uh, frenetic in the way they moved around the screen. I think they're doing everything right with this game from what they're showing and, and how it looks. So I'm stoked. It was by far 
I mean, well, we'll get to the end, but uh, of, of the other game show of games I've yet to play. <laughs> yeah. My, my biggest, most hyped game of the show. Uh, my pick is a uh, metal hell singer. Mm. No, I'm kidding. I'm just joking. I'm kidding. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> not, not that, that I'm sure that game is going to be great. And it's going to have a great thought, audience. It's just not. You talked about that other rhythm game, and I was like, "Oh, Jeff really wants to see this genre yeah, push forward." Like, okay. Stay in the rhythm to the guy going. Oh, do, 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 do. Yeah. Uh, I feel like that game would be kinda. very appealing to me, except I, I like metal metal music. Like the like the talent of metal music is so out of this yeah. world. I don't love the growly vocals. If it were it's just like the system rough. of the down guy, <laughs> like singing or, and this is going to be so insulting, but if you could like turn off the vocals and just have like the double, the double kick drum and like, it's called doom. Guitar. It's doom eternal. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Doom. yeah. With the beat mechanic, I do think would be fun and interesting to play through, but I don't, I don't think I could handle that much of it. I'm a, I'm a big baby, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I don't mean to dog that game. I'm sure it's going to be awesome. There's going to be a whole uh, uh, audience that's going to dig it, but I just thought it was funny. Um, my actual <laughs> pick uh, of the game that stood out to me the most uh, is the game called American Arcadia, mm. which I think is just a genius concept. It is this notion of this uh, you know, this this city that has been built as a utopia where you are on camera all the time. You know, you're living a Truman Show type life, but then if you step out of line you are on the run and the, and the city's going to come get you. I, I, I don't know for certain, but it certainly appeared that way from what they showed that it's just this big city, open city, and you're going to have to, you know, sneak slash run around it. It's, it's sort of gave me like old GTA three vibes, you know, with the car chase bit that they show, but then more kind of uh, sneaking around and just the design of the city looked really cool. Like this kind of utopian, what if, what if an entire city was an arcade game? And I love the aesthetic of it, this sort of retro Atari 2600 box art and all the color palette of it. It, it really stood out because it looks so different. And I think the idea is really clever and, and that could be a really fun game. Uh, I also think that could be really fun. And I, I think it's interesting that you likened it to GTA because one of the things I thought of when I was watching it is it would be so cool if there were a mode that had like a social deception game where you could play with a bunch of your friends like what is it gta play oh. i don't know the name of that game where you online can, like, just, gta online GTA online where you can just like i'm the store clerk and maybe you log yeah. in and it's like you are just a store clerk if you see anybody stepping out of line you got to stop them and you're like okay and then one person or like a couple people in the map at the same time are like okay i gotta escape and there's clearly like like b- built in this world and like an interesting like story thing that's happening there like the person who's like i'm gonna get you out trevor whatever the guy's yeah name. yeah yeah but i immediately was like how can I play this with my friends? <laughs> it looks really cool. Yeah. It was almost like um, there was a, that old um, Assassin's Creed multiplayer thing where it was all about like trying to pretend like you're controlled by AI so that, <laughs> the, that your friends can't tell that you're a human controlling it. And so all the entire game of it uh, was, you know, just acting <laughs> dumb and moving in, in like herky jerky manner so that the people are like, oh, that's clearly the bad AI of the game. That's funny. Really fun. So now you you both have six friends to play a game with. How convenient. <laughs> Interesting. Oh, when we're talking Shredder's Revenge, it's like, oh, I don't have any friends. And now it's like, I just want to play this with all my friends. Okay. That's the how it is. <laughs> to be um, clear, regarding Shredder's Revenge, I was just pretending to be Jeff for that moment. I'll, yeah, I'll, and, I'll get down with some friends anytime. <laughs> uh, Lana has copious amounts of friends. I have so many friends. It's like embarrassing, yeah. really. <laughs> um that other game nightingale looks kind of interesting i'm not really sure what it is exactly but Mm -hmm. i liked the aesthetic of it i thought the uh i thought you know that it's got this kind of victorian era um technology you know steampunky very tesla coils with everything Mm -hmm. and for the listeners out there who aren't watching the video version, before Jeff said steampunk, he was trying to express it visually by shaking his shoulders back and forth a lot. <laughs> you know, it's the, not a... the international symbol of steampunk, you know, <laughs> shaking your shoulders. And you, had to let, you had to let the audio listeners know, Jeff. They needed to yeah know the type of game it was. <laughs> I'm looking over <clears throat> this list of games, and there's just so little that... Well, there, so there's, little one, that I... there's one more that I was excited about. It's not the first time yeah. we've seen it. Although, again... One more aside. Was everything a world premiere? World premiere I mean, of just I got updating s- information? Th- that that little like 
jazzy song and the world premiere moving up and down. I was like, you don't need to. We've we've seen it enough times. <laughs> but also, like the world premiere of like the third trailer for something. I'm like, okay, yeah, I don't yeah. know if that counts. Anyway, yeah. uh, neon white. We've seen mm. stuff from it's like the uh, the card based first person shooter, yeah. uh, uh, speed runner game yeah that i think yeah. looks really interesting their tagline is for freaks by freaks which i thought was really funny um and yeah so it's such a weird way for jeff to intro he's like this is a game about people in hell trying to get to heaven i'm like no this is an awesome like card-based speed running like none of the cool things about this game it were voiced in your intro to it you know because when he's mentioned it, i was like oh i don't know oh i remember this game yeah um yeah. and they did my favorite thing which they're like and the best part is it comes out like a week from now yeah and i'm like nice i, I don't know if they'd previously announced their release date or not um it was a it world was a- premiere Lana, oh. so i'm pretty <laughs> sure they didn't announce it yet <laughs> they better not have because that was the, the newest piece of information yeah. uh, but june 16th um i'm excited i think it's gonna be yeah. cool yeah uh, uh, midnight suns express Oh, sorry. Two sorry, Midnight, Midnight Suns I'm still excited about. Uh, I mean, again, but I, it's like, w- let's make Venom even more demon-y. Okay, we don't need to, <laughs> but okay. Sorry, Christian, what were you saying? Well, another Midnight game, Midnight Fight Express. There's a demo available, which I have downloaded, but I have yet to play. Um, that looked, in, it's, again, it's a game I've seen before, and they didn't, it didn't seem to make me want it less or more based off what they showed, but I think it continues to look great. I'm, I'm excited to play the demo here when we're done. Um, you know, the game <laughs> made by one person plus all these other people. Yeah. There's a game made by <laughs> one person. He got a lot of help recently. It's like, you just said made by one person. That's not. <laughs> um, it could be made by one person and then still QA'd by other people. Yeah. Right. So you That's make true. it and then other people do other things. Uh, uh, yeah. No, I don't know. The um, cover but- to consequences was made by me also just entirely <laughs> made by me. <laughs> Without, and then some other people like use their artistic talent to like actually make it, but then otherwise I did it all. You know, I accept. Um, <laughs> no. The Midnight Fight Express. I will say, I didn't love this trailer in particular, but that developer—I don't not recall uh, their name—but they do great Twitter updates that show all the different like mm-hmm. fighting mechanics and stuff like that. So if you like look up that person's Twitter, hmm. I think it's like Jacob an even better look. Yeah, Jacob Dwenzel, cool. you said. Uh, I'm probably getting the last name wrong, but it's like DZWH something yeah. something. I've been uh, following their Twitter for like a long time. And so it's cool to sort of actually see like, oh, the trailer's here. But the actual Twitter updates that they post are, are really very, very cool and have been really compelling to watch. So if you want, if you want more of a taste, go to Twitter. I wanted to uh, just give a shout out to Goat Simulator 3's trailer because I'm not into Goat Simulator personally. I haven't played any of the other ones. Maybe they're great, but I haven't really played them. But I just think it's amazing that they committed so hard to the send up of a like it's such a deep cut to to go after Dead Island like that. Like, I mean, I totally get the reference, but there's probably a good number of folks watching this that have no idea what that reference was. And just to commit so hard to referencing something that hasn't come out and was a trailer that, you know, made some waves, but like, isn't it's just, a, it's just a deep cut to, to well, I think that. the beauty of that trailer is that it does cut both ways. Cause that is the game that my oldest is most excited about. I mean, she was ex- like, Oh my gosh, that goat, like every time a uh-huh. goat came on screen and you you know, ran amok she lost it and thought it was the most hilarious thing. So I think knowing what goat simulator is and was, or or especially became the memification of, you know, goats making a mess of things. I think it worked really well. And for, you know, olds like us that have watched a million of these presentations, I think it was like a nice, like, wait, was it, there, they're just doing straight up a one for one. <laughs> they need to use, they need to license. Have you guys seen that, that uh, TikTok video that's kind of become a meme with the, the little British, like four-year-old that's looking out the window and is like, that's an effing goat. But she doesn't say effing. She's <laughs> oh. like, full on says it. You've seen that? No. Yes. Oh, they need, they need to license that. Yeah. <laughs> There's like a tiny little kid who's looking out there saying, it's effing goat. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, all right. So we, uh, let's, uh, let's talk about the big, uh, what would have been a mic drop moment. The big, uh, huge end of show reveal that got spoiled hours before 
the presentation started. Um, they clearly were going to make a big deal about Last of Us, had Neil Druckmann on stage, uh, as well as the actors. And it was going to be, I think, uh, a big surprise that a game that has already been remastered is now getting completely remade. So, you know, you don't have to choose between a remaster or a remake. You can do both uh, if you are one of the, the best games of all time. Um, Christian, as the voice of the official Last of Us podcast and uh, avowed Last of Us super fan, let's talk about it. Uh, a lot of Last of Us stuff, uh, uh, still from the TV show, uh, an announcement of this standalone Last of Us multiplayer game. And then the, uh, you know, showing off this this remake, which is evidently using some pretty high tech stuff to be a PlayStation 5 exclusive. We know it's going to be $70 coming out this year. What are your, what's your reaction? Yeah, I mean, it is a bummer of a leak to start there. And, and not only that, but from your company you know not not but it's like sony's own whoopsie daisy which you know the folks responsible for that have to feel awful and i felt like um neil also was very bummed out about it as he was on stage talking about the game and you know with the leaks that happened with the last of us 2 which of course was a different issue but like feels like a big bummer for that studio for these these announcements and these things to happen um it's one of my favorite games of all time. I'm with an arm reach of a signed copy of the PlayStation three version that has so many folks that worked on it. And Ashley and Troy signature um, of when it first launched. And like you said, working on the podcast. So people listening that didn't know that consider everything I'm saying, very biased and jaded. I will say though, I am angry that they finished filming the TV show and I was never called up to be a clicker. Like I'm, I'm ready for it. I, I would have knocked it out of the park. I would have been clicking your whole life. Yes, thank you. I would no. have looked down the barrel of the lens and been like, I'm a clicker. <laughs> <You know? laughs> that classic line that you get in the game with all the clickers when they turn and look right at the camera and they're like, I'm a, I'm a clicker. <laughs> uh, click, 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 click. I'm a clicker, um, which would have become my catchphrase. Like, uh, it's like it's Morgan time. It's clicking time, baby. Um, people, fans would have loved it. They would have re-released it yet again. Um, <laughs> I'm very excited. I'm shocked you didn't get the job, Christian. Shocked. Well, I I I self taped. They didn't yeah. ask me to. You're like click click. <laughs> <laughs> I had a whole catchphrase, and it was like <laughs> click click mother. You yeah, know, yeah. It's uh-huh. just like everything was there. It, it all worked. Um, I was eating mushrooms. I think I ate the wrong type because I had a wild day. Um, but it was all it was all in good fun. Um. I, I'm very excited for this. Like this has been long rumored, um, but to actually see it, I think the things that excite me the most about it are the price point. No, not um, the accessibility That's... features and what they're say they're adding to the game to modernize it. Cause I think of the three of us, I'm probably the person who has played the first one most recently again. Um, and it, it shows its age. It is a 10 year old game. And I think it's easy for us to sit here and say, why are they going to remake it? Well, people now are, could have that same experience I had with my daughter, who's now almost 10, you know, playing it as they've become a parent. It's been a decade, a generation and in many ways has two console generations, right? Have passed since that game or we're in the second one has come out. So I think that's awesome. I, I think it's great. And I think adding that accessibility and doing a bigger take on it is very attractive. I, I'm a super fan of the game and of the franchise. So I'm in. I think the thing that bums me out about it is is the remaster. The remaster feels like the superfluous version of this game that didn't necessarily need to exist. Mm-hmm. Um, going this full remake route, whilst you know, obviously being truthful to the game and the story that they're telling, um, seems like the version, Jeff, that you and I talk about on this show of what we want to see of these older games. Yeah. Um, and I think had there not been that remaster, whatever it was a couple of years ago, this would feel bigger and more important. Um, but you texted me something that I will let you say. I don't want to steal it if you're going to say it, but about where we think this game should be. 
uh, in terms of like a release and a price point. And I wholeheartedly agree. I will co-sign. Yeah, well, what I texted Christian was, uh, you know, this should be a PlayStation Plus Extreme pack-in game. Mm-hmm. It should be the thing that you get when you sign up for PlayStation Plus Extreme. I, I, I get that they're going to be able to sell these things at 70 bucks, and I'm sure that's going to make them a heck of a lot more money. But it feels like this would be an awesome, you know... Day one. Uh, yeah, it would have been a great day one kind of Game Pass-esque... Uh, motivator for getting people to sign up for that service. And uh, I'm, I'm actually surprised that's not what's happening, right? I feel like that would have been amazing. Like, hey, you can buy it in the store for $70 or you can sign up for the highest tier of, play, of the new PlayStation Plus and just get it as part of your subscription. I think would have been a very compelling motivator for people to sign up. But not, and not maybe the multiplayer game will be that, right? Maybe the faction spinoff thing will be that free-to-play take on this or free yeah. with Plus. But I agree. This included, especially with it launches the 13th, right? The play, the new PlayStation Plus. Mm-hmm. So you say, like, this isn't coming until September, but it launches twenty third or the 13th or whenever it is, 15th, sometime very soon. You get all these great games. And then coming in September, you know, relive the best game in a generation or whatever yeah in a whole new way yeah it's i would i feel like that's a great marketing message but uh lana i I don't know how big of a fan of last of us you are but i'd love to get your reaction to the standalone multiplayer game which is evidently coming sometime next year Mm. what do you think of that as somebody who has tons of friends (laughs) (laughs) i I definitely have some thoughts on it and i I've never played Last of Us or Last of Us. You've never played either um, of them? No, I never have. Do you have no do you have any desire to play them? Yeah, I really do. Uh oh. and I when I finally I like had a device so I could play the games, I had a friend gift me both copies, but then it was like mid pandemic and I'm like, I can't deal with this emotionally. Yeah, and so I haven't I played it that. yet. Um but no, you can watching... wait till the remake comes out. Exactly. Exactly. Also PC, we should say for so the PC. Yeah. One person yelling. It's not strictly PlayStation 5. It's a PC in development, but with no release date attached. Uh, I definitely plan on playing the games. I am a big fan of Naughty Dog. Like, I loved the Uncharted series. I mean, anybody who's ever heard me speak ever has heard me talk about my love for Jack and Daxter. I don't have to get <laughs> into it, but I love it. Um uh, but the multiplayer I find very interesting, especially as a standalone game, because it's Naughty Dog. As a standalone game, I mean, there's there's two sort of avenues. One is more cynical and one is less cynical. <laughs> one, This more cynical one is, okay, this is a standalone game because they see the success of The Last of Us. They know how resonant it is thematically and how, how much these characters have impacted people's lives. And they're like, you know, this was just going to be a mode, but you know what? Sell it. We get that money. Right. And the, the more interesting part is that they've seen the potential of what they're working on and they thought there is too much here for it to just be a mode or just be a small little thing that we add in. And so we're building this out into a multiplayer experience. Uh, I'm hopeful that it is the latter. And the thing I find very interesting about that is that Naughty Dog other than, I mean, Christian, you'd probably know better than I would, other than like Uncharted, like Deathmatch like play as Nathan or Sully, whatever, run around in the world, like gun each other down, multiplayer. I don't think of them as like, oh, the multiplayer studio. A lot of multiplayer right. experience building compelling <laughs> multiplayer experiences. And so if it is that it is too much for one game, I am very curious to see how they would be expanding this into a standalone experience and how they would be translating their narrative experience into something that can feel as fun and fast paced and, and ideally deep uh, as multiplayer experiences often ask for. Yeah. I mean, he, he explicitly said that it, it's as big or bigger than one of our single player games. And he said it has a story. So yeah, those are huge question marks. Like what does that mean exactly? What do those two data points mean as far as big, it, you know, big in terms of uh, just sort of the size of the game world or big in terms of the amount of content to, uh, to play through, you know, does it, and, and what is that? How do you tell a story, a Naughty Dog style story in the context of a multiplayer game? I, I'm okay. very curious to see the answers to those questions. Uh, that's also interesting that he said that a full disclosure, 
I thought they, they were just going to talk about the remake and I got up to take a pee pee when he oh, started talking yeah. about it. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah, no, so, so he did miss that yeah. part. <laughs> no, no, it's, yeah, I think that's, uh, I think it's an interesting um, facet of it. And, and, you know, we'll see how that, that shapes up. Um, a lot of, a uh, lot of Last of Us stuff. And interesting, also, he mentioned that Naughty Dog has, you know, been able to spin up multiple projects and they're doing all kinds of different stuff at the studio and he's working on his next game. And so, as long as I get to play as a character whose catchphrase is "click click baby," you click, know, click. I'm, I'm the clicker. You like? I'm uh, yeah, one of them is a you. comedy game about you know. Charlie. That would be so rad to be able to play as a clicker who could just get guns and be like "click click." <laughs> Always has an empty clip, so it's just "click click." Get it? Clicker, get it. and you you get to run around. I I think a standalone multiplayer is the way to go. Um, I think because factions is, is great, was great, is great. It is weird that that's. I, I'm pretty sure, and I read Naughty Dog's post about it as well. It seems like the remake does not include factions, which is a little bit of a bummer because factions was part of the first Last of Us and was fantastic. Um, and I think Uncharted's multiplayer was really fun as well. I think that uh, largely now, big supposed to have legs multiplayer works better as a standalone thing than as attached to a game. Um, and I think Fortnite proved that out. I, Halo did it as well, you know, where the multiplayer was its own thing. And I think that way you can get separate from the releases if you need to. Um, and then maybe when the Uncharted game comes out or whatever the next game, maybe there's a character that they can include in this. You know, I think we've seen that in a lot of franchises where they've broken out the multiplayer away from the thing. Whereas before, what, 20 years ago, um, it was often the back of the box would be 10 hour, single player, multiplayer, right. All this other stuff. And now it's very much its own, its own thing. So that has me excited um, to see what they do. I hope the story isn't just uh, survive the fogs rolling in. Yeah. You know, see who can live the longest, (laughs) but yeah. Yeah, you hope that I, there's you know something more to it. Go ahead, Mona. Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, I haven't played the games, but I did see like the initial gameplay showcase for Last of Us Two uh, of Ellie like sneaking around like under mm. cars, and there's all those people, and yeah. like some kind of like team based infiltration game, like whether it's like a sneaky like capture the flag style thing, or mm. uh, I think that would be really you have to interesting find scissor parts. <laughs> I don't know the gameplay with. that well, but yeah. like what I see, that's, like, there's a lot of scissor parts in in the <laughs> Last of Us universe. I was also up to play one half of a scissor. Uh, I did not get it. I was going to be the top blade. I was in a drawer. I again self taped for it, and I was like, I'm in a ah, drawer. Man, um, <laughs> scissors don't hold up in the future, huh? Scott. The problem with your scissor audition is you were like, click, click. <laughs> Like that's all and they're like, for the scissors. Line, the line is actually snip, snip, sir. Uh, <laughs> we could get you to I mean, uh, leave, please. You named it. I was a comic book. I was a trading card. I was just in a corner, and I was yeah. like, click, click. And then they did. They were like, trading oh, cards don't talk. All wrong, uh, sir. All wrong. Next. Uh, yeah. Well, I think overall, I gotta say, um, click, click. No, gotta say, click, click. <laughs> it was a little bit of a disappointing uh, showing for the kickoff of Summer Games Fest. I mean, there's lots more events happening all week. We'll talk about them on the main, the main program, the flagship program uh, that we'll record Monday morning. Um, so a little bit late on the re- release of that. If you're used to our Sunday night releases, uh, it'll be just a little later. But um, uh, I, you know. I think there's there's tons of stuff here. There's tons of stuff here. I just don't think it was presented in a way that got me super amped in the way that E3 used to. And uh, that's a bit of a bummer, but... Uh, oh, you know. we didn't talk about the biggest release of the week. The biggest release oh, of the, the week. Oh, uh, the, new sh- the new shirts at the merch yeah. store. Uh, that's, new... uh, that's our release. So we got, we got a new yeah. shirt. Christian... Uh, you want to tell them about it? It's, it's yeah, your, so your baby. Yeah, so J.P. Kuvert designed it, uh, first released several years. It's a remaster, Jeff. It's what it is. <laughs> it really is. Remake. It's a remake. Um, yeah, added a couple more threads We the redesigned shirts. it from the ground up. And by that, I mean we also put it on the shirt. Yeah, we also – it's on a new shirt. But it's the uh, summer play games, be nice, popsicle t-shirt. 
that is such a wonderful reminiscent of those Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, you know, ice cream pops that you would get as a kid. And like, you'd see the picture, but like, I want that one. And then you'd get it. And like Michelangelo, it looked yeah. more like Swamp Thing. Sonic, the the Sonic one with the eye that just goes, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's like Sonic before they took the movie back and redid the, uh, <laughs> yeah, the it's character. Ugly Sonic. It's Ugly Sonic. <laughs> ugly Sonic. The but those shirts movie. are available on our shop now, which uh, are grateful DLC for the swag. easy URL. Sorry. DLCSwag.com. You can check mm. those out. And uh, the perfect shirt that will not live up to expectations. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Uh, wow. Before we go, summer of games. Before summer of we games. wrap up, <laughs> I do want to shout out one last thing from the presentation, which is the Cuphead mm. DLC, which is called Delicious Last Course. They stole my shtick, and they will be hearing from my lawyers. Uh, unfortunately, my lawyer is Christian, who is uh, <laughs> no longer practicing, but they will be hearing from my lawyer. Uh, the Using words to make up the DLC uh, is something that I've been doing for over 400 episodes. Uh, trademarked the DLC podcast, uh, Cuphead, delicious last course. We'll be we'll be hearing from our lawyers. And on uh, that Jeff, note, <laughs> yeah, Jeff, Jeff, we lost. I heard back that the, the judge threw it out with prejudice. What um, with prejudice? Mm-hmm. I just don't agree with well. prejudice at all in any form. <laughs> We do owe their attorney's fees, though. So go buy those shirts. Please buy our shirts. (laughs) DLCSwag.com. DLC, which stands for Dude Lost the Case. (laughs) (laughs) You're so proud. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, Thank you, patrons. Patreon. If you want to hear more nonsense like this in the, it, it, it's a much more casual show. The the midweek show, the 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 this version of the show, the uh, paid DLC show. Uh, become a patron. Patreon.com/slash/DLCPod. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. Take care. <laughs>